Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. <clears throat> Today, we're talking about school violence and just a general violence. Okay, now, we're coming up to a big challenge. Now, the media is blowing this up, uh, and rightly so. There is danger. There's danger going on. But what's the cause of it? Is it really the guns to blame? Or is it our sick society? Now, I'm going to be honest and tell you my history of guns. Now, figure, I was born in 1960. In 1965, uh, I was given probably one of the greatest things you could ever give a five-year-old. A pocket knife. And everybody had a pocket knife. And I'm talking, we would bring pocket knives to school. We would play with our pocket knives in junior high school on the open field. And if the gym instructor or the yard supervisor came up, they wouldn't confiscate them. They would just say, time to get back to class, boys. So weapons have been around for forever. When I was eight, we would go to the YMCA family camp. And we were taught archery. We were taught how to shoot 22 rifles. We were taught gun safety. When I was a teenager, I would go with friends uh, out shooting in the desert. We would go um, quail hunting. We would do, I mean, this was standard. No one ever thought about shooting a human or this was just part of our culture. Now, in the past, I've actually built a pair of 45 caliber black powder pistols. I happen to own a number of different guns. I've got three shotguns, um, basically for skeet shooting. I've got a couple of rifles, a 30-30, a 50 caliber black powder Hawken. I've got a bunch of pistols. So I have I go shooting probably once a year, a couple of times a year, and it's just fun. It's a fun family day. Now, here's the challenge. When I was a kid, you could actually go into a local sporting goods store, and if you were under 18, you could purchase a gun. There wasn't any waiting limit or, or anything. You just had to go in and buy it. It wasn't that big of a deal. But now it's huge. So Why are we blaming the guns instead of looking at the people holding the guns? So who's to blame for it? Because, you know, we've got dead people, dead kids, kids going to school, and there's nothing more criminal than that. You know, you send your child off to school, you expect them to come back, and to have violence in a place of education is insane. So what is it? Do we need more laws? Do we need to restrict guns? Do we need to restrict who buys them? Do we need to restrict ownership? Do we need to look at different policies? Should we uh, search every student that comes on campus? Should we open up their backpacks? Should we have more law enforcement? Should we put um, armed guards inside of each classroom? I mean, how far do you want it to go? Should we blame the movies and television for that dehumanizing effect? What about the video games that um, kids are playing a lot? And if you look at the video games, you're not seeing that person. You're not looking at the ideology behind the uh, war or the violence. Uh, You know, dehumanizing these. Look at the TV shows. 
What about music? The, there's violence in music. There's violence in the TV shows. There's violence in the video games. There's a disconnect between people and others. Okay, if you are identifying, if you have a connection uh, with people, you're not going to want to kill them. But if you call them terrorist, if you call them uh, evil, if you call them, you know, give them a label instead of identifying that these are sons and fathers and mothers and brothers, that they have uh, different lives. If you can connect with people on an on a, a person-to-person basis, there's no way you would do them harm because you can see yourself in them. Uh, but what what is going on? So let's take it back. If you're going to say, do guns cause violence and murders? Well, guns have been around forever. That's like saying, do germs cause disease? Well, yeah, a lot of people that are sick actually develop a disease from the germs. That's true, but not everybody that get exposed to germs gets sick. Okay, Theobald Smith developed the germ theory, and this was, you know, almost 100 years ago. And the, whether germs cause disease has been debated for 100 years, and we know now that it's not the germs that cause disease. You have to have a weakened immune system. That's right. We're all exposed to the same types of pathogens, but they're only going to grow in a fertile environment. So do guns really cause violence and murders? No. It has to be in that environment. So it's time to start critically thinking. And, and again, I'm going, to, I'm going to drive this point home because if you think that smoking causes cancer, does everybody that smoke ends up with cancer? No. Um, it, vaccines cause autism? No, even though there's over 100 articles that show it's a causative factor, but not everybody that gets vaccinated ends up with autism. You know, they, they may end up with some different conditions. Do, are religious fanatics the cause of terrorism? No. We've got a number of fundamentalist Christians. We've got a number of uh, Hasidic Jews. We have a number of devout Muslims. We have all of these different cultures. I mean, Buddhist priests, Buddhist monks, Hare Krishna. I mean, so many different faiths and ways that people devote their lives to worship God. And uh, <laughs> we're talking the majority of them uh, live and let live. And the message from the majority of the religions out there is that God is love and peace. And so you're talking just a very, very small group is doing this. So what about these people that are on these rampages? I mean, let's look at what a typical teenager looks like today. Typical teenager. Now, this is not a normal, we're not talking about a, a person that was born 100 years ago who would have had a home birth, who would have had organic food, who would not have been in the medical culture <clears throat> where they're given a drug for every ill. So what actually happens to the typical teenager? Well, for one, they're born, okay? They're born in um, a hospital. Typically, the mother is given Pitocin. The mother may have had a flu shot or some type of uh, DPT shot during the pregnancy. Now, we know that this stuff can cause inflammation of the meninges or swelling around the brain. 
uh, we know that within 12 hours, if they're an American child, they're going to get vaccinated with the hepatitis B vaccine. Now, this is unique to our culture, and it can have a devastating effect on, on the immune system. Then, you look at what's recommended. Well, they're recommended that Tylenol be given, which can deplete glutathione and can negatively affect the brain. Then they're, typically, if the mother was given Pitocin, even though that increases uh, the risk of, of vaccine damage uh, about 60%, uh, that Pitocin uh, can also decrease the woman's ability to uh, breastfeed. So if they're bottle-fed, they may be bottle-fed genetically modified foods okay, uh, that uh, can actually interrupt the gut flora. Now, the gut flora is where serotonin is produced or the gut itself. And if you damage the bacteria in that normal gut, you can have anxiety and stress. Let's toss in, say, an antibiotic for an ear infection, allergies, uh, you're going to get antihistamines or anticholinergic interrupters. These things can decrease the swelling in the mucous membranes, but they also cause anxiety, stress, and altered brain function. What about steroids for the asthma, digestive disorders, proton pump inhibitors? And then when you get these kids that are sad and stressed and, and just confused, they've lost their touch with reality, they're playing violent video games, they're not outside running and playing, which we know that movement can trigger that cerebellum. I mean, this alters the frontal lobe, and the frontal lobe is where impulse control is. So lack of movement is going to cause lack of stimulation in that brain. And then if they're in the medical world, what happens? They're given an antidepressant, a uh, you know, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. And here's the challenge. When you look at the black box warning, a warning label put on there by the Food and Drug Administration that says that these drugs can increase suicide, suicidality, suicidal thoughts, I, this is mind-boggling. So let's look at the physical, chemical, and emotional stressors that these kids are under. Well, you're talking the physical stress. Literally, a C-section birth, and this is now exponential. Uh, the World Health Organization says there shouldn't be any more than 7% of the birth C-section, and we're at over 50% in some states. A C-section birth um, typically, typically, um, puts four times the amount of pressure on the kid's neck than, uh, than a natural birth. Sedentary lifestyle. I mean, you're talking kids are sitting at school, not moving, six to eight hours. Then they come home and they're sitting again. And what about traumatic injuries, such as uh, football, sports, gymnastics? Okay, and we're looking at a lot of of physical traumas that these kids go through, but the sedentary lifestyle is the worst. Then they come through and they're playing video games. And what about sleep deprivation? Are these kids watching TV until, until late? Are they um, waking up refreshed? Are they a challenge to get moving? What about emotional stressors that these kids are going through? Yeah, you're talking uh, divorce, uh, death in the family, social rejection. Uh, what about bullying? Okay, have you ever been uh, the 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 recipient of bullying at school? 
It's horrible. <clears throat> horrible. And and the pressures at school. And what about cultural pressures? Uh, you know, you've got religion, school, work, social media. The social media pressures are outrageous. What ki- kids have to go through today is beyond compare. And then what what is glorified? I mean, when I was a kid, and, and honest to God, we would play a game called kick the can, which you would take an empty soup can, turn it upside down, put it in the middle of the street, and you would play hide-and-seek, and you would touch the can or kick the can over, depending on if you were the one finding or the one trying to free your captured friends. And we would play that for hours. Or we would get on our bikes and ride around everywhere. We would. They had a um, Citizens Band radio night every Wednesday that we would ride up to. And, <laughs> uh, and I was a child of a single parent, the youngest of four kids, and this is a single mom, working mom and so i was actually a latchkey kid i had a a little um it was a white yarn that held the key to the house around my neck that i would walk home by myself in first grade so you know when am i five six years old at the time and let myself in and this was common practice back then this is what i think a kid's life should be and when you're looking at this, what about the glorification of violence? This is not something we had. We would have um, cowboy movies, Roy Rogers, uh, Batman and Robin. I mean, these where the hero was saving and rescuing someone, not through just pure violence. Video games, they have so many interactive games that, that dehumanizes your opponent. And that has devastating, devastating long-term effects. <clears throat> so we're looking at the perfect recipe for disaster. You got brain damage from vaccines, and then they're given Tylenol, which decreases glutathione. You've got genetically modified uh, processed foods, which are devoid of nutrients that can also cause systemic inflammation, and you've got toxic medications. And then the lack of brain stimulation and growth, you've got sedentary lifestyles, traumatic spinal injuries, brain injuries, nutrient deficiencies. So what do they do? Now, here, I've gone in and pulled up a couple of articles. Now, granted... When you're looking at the actual drugs that they give these kids, the, the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, and uh, this was an article published in 2001, and the title of the article is Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitors and Violence, a Review of the Available Evidence. And what they talk about, <laughs> uh, and it's interesting too, because this article is in contrast with the FDA warning that they put on the side of these. So remember, if you're taking in a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor and you're actually reading the warning label on the box, it says it increases suicide, suicidality, and suicidal thoughts. Now, here's the result of this study. Quote, a small portion of patients treated with SSRIs become uh, acasthetic, and this is a state of agitation, distress, and restlessness. 
and others may show increasing in anxiety in the initial phase of treatment, but no increase increased susceptibility to aggression or suicidality can be connected with the SSRIs or um, other fluoroxetine. In fact, SSR treatment may reduce aggression properly, possibly due to the positive effects on serotogenic dysfunction that is implicated in aggressive behavior directed towards oneself or others. And again, quote from the article, in absence of convincing evidence linking SSRAs to causal violence and suicide, the recent lay media reports are potentially dangerous, unnecessarily increasing the current concerns of depressed patients who are prescribed antidepressants. End of quote. So this is an article that says, look, despite the FDA warning of suicide, suicidality, and suicidal thoughts, on these drugs that we're giving to kids that are depressed and anxious, um, that they're fine. So then we look at another journal article published in 2003. Quote, evidence from many sources confirms that selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors commonly cause or exacerbate a rise range, wide range of abnormal mental and behavioral conditions. Mild agitation to manic psychoses, agitated depression, obsessive preoccupations that are alien or uncharacteristic of the individuals. And this can result in suicidality, violence, and other forms of extreme abnormal behavior. Uh, let's look at omega-3 deficiencies because we know that the diet is completely deficient in omega-3s, unless, unless you have parents that are really, really sharp. Quote, mechanism by which aggressive and depressive disorders may be exacerbated by nutritional deficiencies in omega-3s are considered. Um, and then they talk about how DHA and EPA, these are types of omega-3s, okay, may lower serotonin levels at critical periods of neural development and may result in a cascade of suboptimal development of neurotransmitter systems resulting in limiting regulation of the limbic system by the frontal cortex. Isn't that interesting? Okay, so now think of this. Nutritional deficiencies and toxicities can negatively affect the brain function. Wow. How about we look at the physical, chemical, and emotional stressors that these kids are under? What if we actually look at the physical, chemical, and emotional stressors that the entire population is under? So we're looking at the, the, the radical idea that the body and brain are connected, that your perception of society, that, that there's, there's a normal, and that right now we're deviating so far from the normal with a toxic, deficient, nutrient deficient, emotionally devoid lifestyles, and we're separating each other. I mean, this is not, it's, it's the opposite of a healthy connection. This is disconnected from society, disconnected from your body, disconnected from your emotional state. This is 
absolutely the recipe for disaster and violence. You could not create a more conducive environment to psychosis. What if society changed? What if we took responsibility for ourselves, our family, and our society? What if you had a home birth? That means the pregnant mom was cared for. She was given uh, appropriate nutrients. She was given healthy amounts of, of omega-3s. She was given healthy amounts of of amino acids, of nutrients, fresh organic foods. She was not injected or toxified. And then what if she had a home birth? So it was a stressless environment, midwife there, surrounded by family, and then she breastfed. Um, what if the child that was born, let's say, let's go crazy and have a water birth, breastfed, so now the child has no vaccines, no medications, no toxic exposure. Let's say the child even goes to a chiropractor for appropriate care. So the kid's nervous system is there, that the child is nurtured. And then they have regular exercise. So they're homeschooled but not schooled in this memorize and regurgitate environment. They have project-based learnings. They're excited. They run around in between classes. They're very active lifestyle, sports, bike riding, and not just with their friends but with their parents and family. And, and activity is normal in this child's lifestyle, that they have television and video games regularly limited. I mean, you wouldn't let your child watch pornography. That's, you don't want to fill a mind with, with garbage. Why would you let a child play with a violent sporting game? That, that just doesn't make any sense. Okay, so they're, they're, what you put in a child's mind will grow. <clears throat> now, let's take that perfect kid. We're talking home birth, breastfed, no vaccines, no medications, no toxic exposure, organic plant-based diet, homeschooled, um, active lifestyle, bike riding every day, proper nutrition, unprocessed foods, organic, healthy fermented foods. They've got great microflora. They sleep between six and a half and seven and a half hours of deep sleep every night. Why are they getting deep sleep? Because they're not watching TV before bed. They're playing a board game, reading a book. They're exercising. They're having fun. And then you give them self-worth. You eliminate negative perceptions. You promote positive emotional influences. I mean, what a cool society this would be. You, you do a study on comparative religions. You find out about God and connection. And you start looking at, at people wearing a hijab, wearing... Um, appropriate garb for their belief systems and you have a welcoming and a love for everyone knowing knowing that we are all related and you develop that connection if you got a connection with each person if you've got a connection with that that homeless person or the the banker the person driving the ferrari or the person uh, pushing the shopping cart if you can see yourself in others if you break down those barriers you break down that disconnect then you develop love for each other you look at you look at each person and get that soul to soul connection there's so many 
avenues to learn this. I mean, nonviolent communication by Marshall Rosenberg is one of my favorites. Then you look at the Demartini breakthrough process, and <clears throat> some of the parts of that process are amazing. I mean, if you write down, and here's here's just a quick exercise to to break down your separation between others. Take someone that 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 upsets you. Okay, He's, you know, a, a brother, sister, relative, somebody. Write down four or five traits that they have that are really upsetting you. And then write down when you have exhibited those same traits. Because a lot of times when we develop a disconnect with others, uh, where we're not identifying them as human anymore, that they're a terrorist, a fanatic, um, a some other label, you know, E, all the above. Pick, pick whatever label you want to put on someone. Anything other than brother, friend, um, sister, you know, le- develop a connection. It sounds Pollyanna, but by God, it's not. I deal with a lot of people during the day, and I can honestly say, lay down, face down, brother, okay, when I'm adjusting on them. And, and I feel that connection because the connection is real. And by God, if you look at the gas station attendant, you look at everybody that you come in contact with, give them love, understanding, and caring. If they're upset or angry or pissed off or frustrated or realize that they're coming from a toxic, nutrient-deficient, violent environment, it's not the guns killing people. By God, if we had the same society that we had 40 years ago, we could have those guns. Perhaps now, until we start changing, until we start changing our toxic, nutrient-deficient environment to one of sufficiency and purity and love and support, then maybe we do need more gun controls, okay, that they're not going to be available. But then that's putting a Band-Aid on uh, without looking at the overall problem. The overall problem is a toxic, nutrient-deficient society, one that's dehumanizing others. Now, is there an overall controlling force that's dehumanizing society? I don't know, and I don't think so. Okay, I think that it's just, um, they're not thinking. I mean, maybe it's just for profit, that they're doing the drugging, the vaccines, the genetically modified food, the violent video games. Maybe it just has to. Uh, it happens to be all driving society towards a toxic, deficient um, end result. What if we change it now? It is not going to change from the government level. I guarantee you that. The, the only way that change happens is not from the government. It comes from the individual. So let's take responsibility for all of our actions. If you see uh, a family eating something toxic, standing in line for a flu shot, say, hey, look, do you know that those shots can increase encephalitis or brain inflammation and this can cause anxiety and stress? 
if you see a, a relative or neighbor and their kids are sitting home playing video games, so you realize a sedentary lifestyle decreases neural stimulation to the cerebellum, and that causes frontal lobe, and that, that sedentary lifestyle that that child is going through right now can interrupt impulse control. It can alter frontal lobe function. It can cause depression and anxiety from not moving. <clears throat> Let's take a proactive step. Let's get um, correct the deficiencies and toxicities that are, are, are culture to with sufficiencies and purities. It's, it's not an impossible task. We had normal once before. We can go back to it. But we're not going to legislate it by gun laws. We're not going to legislate it by, by freer access to medications. The human being is naturally good. It's naturally kind. And this human being, once you develop a connection, has a great love for, your, for each other. So let's develop that, that connection, that, that oneness. It's God, it sounds like a Pollyanna thing, but it's not. It's really true. Today, do an exercise with me. Instead of driving down the road, if you look at the homeless person and say, look at that bum, why doesn't he get a job? Well, I got to tell you, I lived in a storage unit for nine months with two kids. Okay, I know what it's like, so I can identify with that guy. Okay, let's look at each other as we're brothers and sisters. Let's, let's get love into the world and responsibility with what we put in our system. What we put in our bodies becomes our bodies. This is Dr. John Bergman. Let's fix the cause. God bless you from the deepest part of my heart. And when I say that, it's whatever view that you have of God. And when I say, God bless you and I love you, you know what's weird? I really mean it. God bless you and I love you all. Let's change the world because it's only you and me that are going to do it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.